0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk
2: Radio.
3: Yeah, yeah, Swiffer. I ain't go nowhere, nigga. I've been plotting, scheming. Late night, daydreaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I see profession that's simplicity. Not complicated, I like life just like a symphony. Beautiful music, keep no company if it's misery. Look, no bullshit, and that's your missus. We got history. But man, that's history. Piss dirty, but I'm clean. I smoke, nigga. I got my lawyer working on some things. Real. She can lose her mind, but she gotta keep her knees. Yeah. That gas that bought her up to speed And now we on the same level I like a bad bitch Might just get your ass in trouble I turn savage I get it straight up off the hustle You know it, I got it going I heard you talking, now you gotta show it I'ma do you like I own it Give it to me like it's mine You're looking like you want it Just don't waste my time I'ma do it how you want it. Give it to me like it's mine. I'ma do you like I own it. You can do this all the time. You can do this all the time. We do this all the time. Play your part, everybody got a role. Slipping light to the night unfolds. You're looking like it, like the ice in the gold. I can look like your eyes and know. I ain't judging that. Still trying to count up a hundred stack and I see what y'all doing. I have fun with that, little run, but I'm done with that. I'm on new shit. I we don't do shit. I had to see my nigga on the news. Clear to every chance that I get it getting rich. I'm gonna have to turn up on these niggas, go stupid. You look like the type that just deserve better. I see your vision, you a go getter. I know go get em. And for the night, and it might just be for the night. We can do anything that we
4: like.
3: Even if it's only for the thrill. Even if we're doing that, as fight. You're looking like Just scratch you right I'ma fuck you right I'ma fuck you life. like I own like it? I own that Give it to me like it's, mine. like it's mine You're looking like you want it Just don't waste my time I'ma do it how you want it Give it to me like it's mine I'ma do you like I own it
5: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, mesdames and messieurs. It is Sunday, the 17th day of May in the year 2020, and it's about 8 o'clock, a little bit after 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. You're now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your hostess, Sandra London of liveandgrind.com, broadcasting for you live from the sunny beaches of Southern California. Playtime with Sandra Radio is available to you via Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes Digital Podcast and livinggrind.com and soon to be on ngrmusic.com as well. The call-in number is 858-815- 2333. Once again, 858-815- 2333. And I'll play for you next. It comes here to me. Bad Flower by
4: Bizu.
1: my name is Anthony Brown that's what the pewter says click OK. tomorrow I may be one Charlie Drown but I'll still need
5: those pills cell 280-9783 majestic florals have slots to fill screw me once shoot me twice front back allocate all that damage collie scion round here dolly it's all the same coins are cabbage got cock got cunt gotcha chuck you are colored my word Ain't no thing changed. A person's to paper. To wit. Which witness? Wait. Which savior? A hole for ink dipping. No. Dripping. Jenny Doe. Join in and line up. You're a number. A true no man No slipping. It's us. Just ice. filing a filly. Single defile. La défendante. Keisha or Clotilde. Surname? he <laughs> Uh. Elegant. Pepe la Pants down. Hands up. Stand up. Bear down. Man up, bitch. But don't clench, or I'll shoot. The end.
6: This is for, this is for, this is for, this is for all y'all. Ah, this is for, this is for, oh, this is for all y'all. Music is pain, Music is pain. Usually, they say, Usually they say You get the rap You, get the rap. you, heard, me sing. you heard me sing I bring it back, back. Samples and tracks track. Wear a lot of hats hat. Plan for attacks attack. We shoot the vids I bring out the, out the cam Let's book a show book a And show. please pay in advance, bro in advance, I love this shit I Love this shit. Shit. shit My whole life My whole life, My whole life. Just, I'm forever been
4: To shed, my whole life, my whole life Call
6: me hurricane, cause I blow too many trees I informed the habit, still cool as two degrees I spend all my cheese just to get a high Do they waving by Only way to fly this life, Die. Some call it a life Stop, stop. I love this shit I love this shit. Shit. shit My whole life My whole life I've be forever I, I, been
4: savvy, savvy Forever been Savvy
6: Love this shit. I love this shit. My whole life. My whole life. Won't wait for change, trying to spit a verse on the greatest stage. Only thing that hurts in the latest stage. Want to see the world, gonna break this cage. Waiting for the bus, waiting for a buck. Couldn't book a tour, so I made one up. Hop on board, let's gate no trucks. More than ordinary, bruh Cut that check, put some respect. Student loans, massive debt, stupid homes. That's a neck. Produce the song, rapping vet. Uh, the people love the melody and the simple song. It is wrong if we ever forget who this is for. This is for. This is for, this is for, this is for all y'all. Uh, this is for, this is for, oh, this is for all y'all. I've forever been savage. I love to sit, I love to my whole
4: life,
5: my whole life, my whole life, Hi, Playtime with Sondra Radio, and I'm your host, Sondra London of LivingGrind.com. I'll start at the top because I didn't say at the top of the hour the song, the song that played, which was Like You Want It by Swift of Baby. Then we had Bad Flower by Bizou and um, Penn by yours truly, Sondra London of LivingGrind.com. And then we had Therma and, uh, Thelma and Louise by Noise Problems, and this is for by Kylie Young. Um, I will give you another song. The call-in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And I just had the song. It shall return. Oh, how's it going? <coughs> I have a lot of songs in this um, studio. A lot. Yeah, give me one moment, y'all. Voilà, okay.
4: There is by PR28, PR28. Je suis dans la vie comme dans mes rêves Et quand je crève, je suis le cri De qui me croit ou qui me prie Je suis comme ça dans la vie Je renie jusqu'à mon sang Et je ne sens plus qui je suis Il n'y a plus d'innocent. J'aimerais dire que je sais ma route Et que je ne doute que quand j'ai bu Mais vu que je suis à nu Plus personne avec qui Ruminer mes envies et vivre sans avoir l'air je comme un courant d'air Derrière la vie mon frère Pleure de me voir si triste était sans carré, je me lève en dans mon lit, je n'ai pas dormi aussi mal que depuis la nuit où j'avais rêvé avoir tué de son fois un homme, pas mal avec une âme que j'avais trouvée là sur le sol mes se suivent et ne se ressemblent que par leur bêtise, je n'adise pas le feu mais je veux qu'on me dise pourquoi la vie est une pute, pourquoi veut-elle qu'on l'écoute, pour nous pousser vers la chute avec l'amour dans les côtes je ne sais pas mais j'aimerais être un peu plus forte pour me battre contre ceux qui nous préfèrent vraiment Voilà les amis qui se rendent je la vie bourgeoise, je dérange les ardoises Et je casse les armoires J'ai pris le métro et j'ai vu la peur dans leurs yeux Les corps sont au même BPM. Je m'oublie puis j'oserai
5: the 12th day of May in the year 2015 at 1.42 a.m., and I am going to do a reading of one chapter of Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, written by Robert Louis Stevenson of Scotland and published in the U.S. in 1886 in the month of January. The first chapter is Story of the Door. Recording for you now, live by Sandra London. Mr. Utterson, the lawyer, was a man of a rugged countenance that was never lighted by a smile, cold, scanty, and embarrassed in discourse, backward in sentiment, lean, long, dusty, dreary and yet somehow lovable. At friendly meetings and when the wine was to his taste, something eminently human beaconed from his eye, something indeed which never found its way into his talk, but which spoke not only in these silent symbols of the after-dinner face, but more often and loudly in the act of his life. He was austere with himself, drank gin when he was alone, mortify a taste for vintages. And though he enjoyed the theater, he had not crossed the doors of one for twenty years. But he had an approved tolerance for others, sometimes wondering, almost with envy, at the high pressure of spirits involved in their misdeeds, and in any extremity inclined to help, rather than to reprove. I inclined to Cain's heresy, he used to say quaintly, I let my brother go to the devil in his own way. In this character, it was frequently his fortune to be the last reputable acquaintance and the last good influence in the lives of down-going men. And to such as these, so long as they came about his chambers, he never marked a shade of change in his demeanor. No doubt, the feat was easy to Mr. Ederson, for he was undemonstrative at the best, and even his friendship seemed to be founded in a similar capability of good nature. It is the mark of a modest man to accept his friendly circle ready-made from the hands of opportunity, and that was the lawyer's way. His friends were those of his own blood, or those whom he had known the longest, his affections like ivy, or the growth of time. They implied no aptness in the object. Hence, no doubt, the bond that united him to Mr. Richard Enfield, his distant kinsman, the well-known man about town. It was a nut to crack for many what these two could see in each other or what subject they could find in common. It was reported by those who encountered them in their Sunday walks, but they said nothing looked singularly dull, and would hail with obvious relief the appearance of a friend. For all that, the two men put the greatest store by these excursions, counted them the chief jewel of each week, and not only set aside occasions of pleasure, but even resisted the calls of business, that they might enjoy them uninterrupted. It chanced on one of these rambles that their way led them down a by-street in a busy quarter of London. The street was small and what is called quiet, but it drove a thriving trade on the weekdays. The inhabitants were all doing well, it seemed, and all emulously hoping to do better still and laying out the surplus of their grains and coquetry. So the shop front stood along that thoroughfare with an air of invitation, like rows of smiling saleswomen. Even on Sunday, when it veiled its more florid charms and lay comparatively empty of passage, the street shone out in contrast to its dingy neighborhood, like a fire in a forest. And with its freshly painted shutters, well-polished brasses, and general cleanliness and gaiety of notes, instantly caught and pleased the eye of the passenger two doors from one corner on the left hand going east the line was broken by the entry of a court and just at that point a certain sinister block of building thrust forward its gable on the street it was two stories high showed no window nothing but a door on the lower story and a blind forehead of discolored wall on the upper a bore and every feature the marks of prolonged and sordid negligence. The door, which was equipped with neither bell nor knocker, was blistered and disdained. Tramps slouched into the recess and struck matches on the panels. Children kept shot upon the steps. The schoolboy had tried his knife on the moldings, and for close on a generation, No one had appeared to drive away these random visitors or to repair their ravages. Mr. Enfield and the lawyer were on the other side of the by street, but when they came abreast of the entry, the former lifted up his cane and pointed. Did you ever remark that door? he asked, and when his companion had replied in the affirmative, it is connected in my mind, added he, with a very old story. Indeed, said Mr. Utterson, with a slight change of voice. And what was that? Well, it was this way, returned Mr. Enfield. I was coming home from some place at the end of the world, about three o'clock of a black winter morning, and my way lay through a part town where there was literally nothing to be seen but lamps, street after street, and all the folks asleep. Street after street, all lighted up as if for a procession, and all as empty as a church. Until at last, I got into that state of mind when a man listens and listens and begins to long for the sight of a policeman. All at once, I saw two figures one, a little man who was stomping along eastward at a good walk, and the other, a girl of maybe eight or ten who was running as hard as she was able down a cross street. Well, so the two ran into one another naturally enough at the corner, and then came the horrible pot of the thing. So the man trampled calmly over the child's body and left us screaming on the ground. It sounds nothing to hear, but it was hellish to see. It wasn't like a man, it was like some damn juggernaut. I gave a few hello, took to my heels, collared my gentleman, and brought him back to where there was already quite a group above the Sweden. The screaming child. He was perfectly cool and made no resistance, but gave me one look so ugly that it brought out the sweat on me like running. The people who it turned out were the girl's own family, and pretty soon the doctor for whom she had been sent put in his appearance. Well, the child was not much the worse, more frightened, according to the soul bones, and there you might have supposed would be an end to it. But there was one curious circumstance. I'd taken a loathing to my gentleman at first night, so he had the child's family, which is only natural. The, the doctor's case was what struck me. He was the usual cut and dry apothecary of no particular age and colour, with a strong Edinburgh accent, and about as emotional as a bagpipe. Whereas uh, he was like the rest of us. Every time he looked at my prisoner, I saw that sawbones turned sick and white with the desire to kill him. I knew what was in his mind, This is, he what was in mine, and, kidding, being out of the question, we did the next best. Because the man we called and would make such a scandal to this, I shouldn't make his name stink from one end of London to the other. If he had any fans or any credit, we undertook that he should lose them. And all the time, as we were pitching it in red hot, we were keeping the women off them as best we could. For there was wild heartbeats. I never saw a circle of such hateful faces, and there was the man in the middle with a kind of black sneering coolness. Slighting too, I could see that, but carrying it off, really like Satan. If you choose to make capital out of this accident, said he, I am naturally helpless. No gentleman but wishes to vote a scene, says he. Name your figure. Well we screwed him up to a hundred pounds for the child's family. It was clearly like to stick out, but there was something about the this that meant mischief, and at last he struck. The next thing was to get the money, and where do you think he carried us? But to that place with the door. With that a key, went in and presently came back. Was a matter of ten pounds and gold, and a check for the balance, on croûte, drawn at payable to bear, and signed with a name that I can't mention, though it's one of the points of my story, but it was a name at least very well known, and often printed. The figure was stiff, but the signature was good for more than that if it was only genuine. I took the liberty of pointing out to my gentleman that the whole business looked apocryphal, that a man does not realize, or walk into a cellar door at four in the morning and come out with another man's cheque for close up on a hundred pounds, but he was quite easy and sneering. Set your mind at rest with you, I will stay with you till the banks open and cash the cheque myself. So we all set off the doctor, the doctor and the top shoulder, our friend and myself, and passed the rest of the night in my chambers. And next day, when we had breakfasted, we went in about in a body to the bank. I gave him the cheque myself, and said I had every reason to believe it was a forgery. Not a bit of it. The cheque was genuine. Put, put, said Mr. Ederson. I see it as I do, said Mr. Enfield. Yes, it's a bad story. But my man was a fellow that nobody could have to do with. A really damnable man. And the person that drew the check is the very pink of the proprieties celebrated to. And what makes it worse, one of your fellows who do what they call good. Black male, I suppose, an honest man, a pain to the nose for some of the capers of his youth. Black male, is what I call a face with the door and consequence. Though even that, you know, is far from explaining all. He added, and with the words, fell into a vein of musing. From this, he was recalled by Mr. Ederson, asking rather suddenly, I yet know the drawers of the check lives there. A likely place, isn't it? returned Mr. Enfield. But I hardly noticed his address. Uh, he lives in some square or other. And you never asked about the um, place with the door, said Mr. Ederson. No, sir. I had a delicacy as the reply. I feel very strongly about putting questions. It partakes too much of the style of the day of judgment. You start a question and it's like starting a stone. You sit quietly on the top of a hill and the way the stone goes, storting others and presently some bland old bird, the light you'd have thought of, is knocked on the head in its own back garden and the family have to change the name. No, sir. I make it a rule of mine. The more it looks like Queer Street, the less I ask. A very good rule, too, said the lawyer. But he's studied the place for himself, continued Mr. Enfield. It seems scarcely a house. There's no other door, and nobody goes in and asks of that one but once in a great while, the gentleman of my adventure. There are three windows looking out on the court on the first floor, none below. The windows are always shut, but they're clean. And then there's a chimney, which is generally smoking, so somebody must live there. And yet it's not so sure, for the buildings are so packed together at the court and that it's hard to say where one ends and another begins. The pair walked down again for a while in silence. And then, Enfield, said Mr. Ederson. That's a good rule of yours. Yes. I think it is, returned Enfield. But for all that, continued the lawyer, there's one point I want to ask. I want to ask the name of that man who walked over the child. Well, said Mr. Enfield, I can't see what harm it would do. It was a man of the name of Hyde. Hmm, said Mr. Ederson. What sort of a man is he to see? He is not easy to describe. There's something wrong with his appearance, something displeasing, something downright detestable. I never saw a man I so disliked, and yet I scarce know why. He must be deformed somewhere. He has a strong feeling of deformity, although I couldn't specify the point. He's an extraordinary looking man, and yet I really can name nothing out of the way. "'No, sir, I can make no hand of it. "'I can't describe him, and it's not want of memory, "'for I declare I can see him this moment.' "'Mr. Ederson again walked him away in silence, "'and obviously under a way of consideration. "'You're sure he is the king? he inquired at last. "'My dear sir,' began Enfield, surprised out of himself. "'Yes, I know.' said Ederson, I know it must seem strange. The fact is, if I do not ask you the name of the other party, it is because I know it already. You see, Richard, your tale has gone home. If you have been inexact in any point, you had better correct it. I think you might have warned me, returned the other with a touch of sullenness, but I have been pedantically exact, as you call it. The fellow had a case and what's more, he has it still. I saw him even not a week ago. mister Utterson sighed deeply, but said never a word, and the young man presently resumed. Here's another lesson to say nothing, said he. I am ashamed of my long tongue. Let us make a bargain, never to refer to this again. With all my heart, said the lawyer. I shake hands on that booch.
2: Baby, I'm about to blow up. I just thought you should know. I know you remember when I blown up, but then i am going have to go. True genius, baby.
1: shimmy, her excitable thrusts, swings, and struts leading the way, all atop six-inch steel wheels. The damn thing just won't quit. No, really, whose divine theory was made into a plan of action here, anyway? This endless procession of treadmill, as if this hot powerhouse needed any workout. Petra reels in Roman's furtive gaze and grins a mile wide. Oops, Petra mouths as she slowly turns her VIP goblet onto its underbelly, painting her purposefully too small negligee with deep, scarlet spirits. There will be whistles galore. Meanwhile, Roman and Petra alike are all wrapped up in her velvet. Petra widens her eyes. Oops, Roman mouths back, swallowing hard and seductive falsetto, Petra makes a few pathetic attempts to dry off. The elements notwithstanding, the spirits make tiny teardrops at the mountaintops of her ridiculously erect nipples.
7: MAGIC!
1: Petra shouts over the circus absorbed within them. puffy to perky, all in one go. Petra smiles, leaning in as Roman draws near, all the better. Bravo, ma belle, Roman croons. Petra runs the back of her hand absentmindedly over the front of Roman's pants. Petra pipes up, aha, voila, as she feels good inside. A host draws near, mademoiselle. Petra reaches out for Roman, cupping his ass-cheek from behind. No, no, thank you, it's fine. We'll we'll be going. My ride's here. Petra volunteers, winking at the staff. Enter Johnny Otto. There he is. I am Johnny's pet, Petra chuckles as Roman grips her hand tightly to keep up. Johnny's jar. Party of two and a half. Johnny intimates, with reserved discretion, as a temporary chattel claim assignment. Where do we tell? Roman begins. Don't you worry. Petra rubs Roman's knee gingerly. Johnny's got everything under control. Petra is suddenly overwhelmed. Petra lays her head atop Roman's khakis, creating a very hard and humid situation. Three... Two... One... Johnny has arrived. Uh, uh, Roman stutters. Roman is a bit of a mess. A stowaway ejects smoothly from the door, proffering an assortment of complimentary tissue. Roman flusters about, moderately embarrassed. He looks to the east of himself. Wow! How did it know where I live? Roman continues to peer out of the window. Did you leave your light on? We can read, you know. Touch her cautions gently. Oh. Roman sighs. Um. Thanks. Roman bellows uncomfortably into the voice box, which separates the chattel from the operator. Much obliged, Johnny affirms solemnly. Now, where were we? Petra purrs, distractedly, prodding her new favorite thing. 322, King's Court, Utopia, Swartzen Bridge, recalls Johnny. Petra rolls her semi-permanent autumn green eyes. Johnny is at a full stop. A Roman is released upon exit. Petra's dismount, however is delayed. She pauses a moment, but all are silent. Ugh! Johnny! Petra squeals for precisely twenty seconds. Let me go! Roman looks on in suspended disbelief. You, my pet, have not arrived at your... Petra interjects, fucking bullshit, Johnny! Petra gathers Roman's coat and lifts it up from her lap towards the auto lights. Throwing it over her nipple-length chocolatey mane, she slips her hands into Roman's sleeves. You have changed, Johnny reports. Johnny is ajar. Standing momentarily akimbo on the sidewalk, Roman and Petra soon advance onwards towards Roman's high-rise. Looking back, Petra tugs her left boob ever so slightly while pointedly winking her right eye. I will put you in my pocket. I don't, I don't want money. I don't, I don't want
7: cars. I'm the best, is too fast The truth, wrap the pen, your sis You are the weed that pull, that grow back The strings upon my heart, but you know that Cause you pull them, yes, you pull them till I cry out Cause you never felt comfortable with silence Yes, you pull them, yes, you pull them till I bite down On the lies that you built from my doubt I don't want money, I don't want cars, I just want to be free and to keep it 100 All these scars what make me Me And I'll drink to that If your lips glass In the hopes that when they will be something different than The glimpses that the devil let us see So raise your eyes To crimp the skies Lay down your eyes Disguise, erase your design. I don't know much about love or trust, cause I only know about us. And we were never good, but never was plentiful. So hard, destruction was inevitable. And this ain't the thing that you turn to This the type of thing that made me curse you Type of thing that made me not care if I hurt you Not care, but damn it, I hurt you I don't want money, I don't want cars, I just want to be free And to keep it 100 All these scars are what make me, me And I'll drink to that If you lift the glass in the whole that When they will be, eat something different then The glimpses at the devil's enemy So raise your eyes To crim the skies Lay down your disguise Embrace your design so I swore I'd never give you none. line in a poem and that no melody would ever carry your memory And song But this sort deception Feels just like home Cause since the day you left It's all how you've known And for the most part I beat you with my soul But sometimes Times my hands in me without my control Reaching through the darkness For someone to hold when I know damn well That I'm better off alone Cause you try to say everything First bridge and course And I curse your name until my voice rang hoarse And I was worried how you would be After the divorce. Till I build a broken heart Man, nothing One corpse I don't want money I don't want cars, I just want to be free And to keep a 100 All these scars So what make me Me And I'll drink to that If you'll lift the glass in the hope that when they will be be something different than the glimpses that The devil let us see
0: Laid out for all I know nothing, I can't think it's all a your dream. And you wanna ask me my life in boxes, my heart laid out for all I see. I myself at what I do best, and I can't even tell you the rest. I've never Plan because I know when doors close
5: radio listeners have yourself a naked day and make it a naughty night with me Sandra London on playtime with Sandra every Sunday night 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time 10 p.m. Central 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time I'll put you up along my smile bring you back down under a while Fill you with life, with the wisp of death, till we're both running, clear, out of breath. Till we expire on sins and sighs, with dreams and fears upon our thighs. We'll bury deep here, counting sheep, to rise and shine in our daily grind.
2: Now that's better, baby. Why don't we sing a song to help pass the time? Hmm? Row, row, row your boat
0: gently down the stream.
2: Morrily, merrily, merrily,
6: merrily, merrily, lightly down the stream. Merrily, 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 morrily, merrily, gently, life is but a dream. Merrily, morrily, merrily,
4: merrily, merrily,
6: life down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily.
5: Santa's pole and the ever incorrigible unicorn. I've lived nearly 52 weeks so far this whole year, packed my travel bags with freedom and feathers, but no fear, fed some goats, kissed a kitty, ran with puppies, far and near. Oh, Santa, dear Santa, where the fuck are my reindeer? I want half, but I'll settle for a third. Santa's unicorn.